Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. During this call, we will discuss our business outlook and make forward-looking statements. These comments are based on our predictions and expectations as of today. Actual events or results could differ materially due to a number of risks and uncertainties, including those mentioned in our most recent filings with the SEC. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodhi, and I am your host. And as you may have guessed by the title of this show and the um, opening, we're not going to do news today. We're going to do we're going to do the Tesla earnings call, which I said would actually take too long and be too much work, and I would just do that on Thursday because it would be easier. Here's the thing: Have you ever? accidentally been like really productive and organized. Like I did not start off the morning organized, but somehow magically through the power of, you know, fairy dust, I was able to write an episode, which will air tomorrow. I I was able to go through this uh, uh, entire earnings call, make notes and be ready to record by 9.03 p.m. And it's, it was on accident. I did not plan it. Everything just kind of fell into place and it was a lot easier, uh, than it normally is. I, I don't know why and I don't expect it to, to stay, to stick around. I mean, honestly, um, normally I'm, I'm inconsistent at best. And I would say the only thing consistent about me is my inconsistency. So. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how it happened, but all this stuff got done. I got to spend time with my kids. I got to spend time with my wife. We had dinner. And still, I don't know why every day isn't this easy. I honestly don't know why every day isn't this easy. Uh, it's very disappointing. All right. So we are going to discuss uh, Tesla's Q3, Q2 2023 earnings. First up, we're going to listen to Elon's opening remarks. Here are some things that I did not record in his opening remarks. They had record delivery and production numbers for Tesla as a whole. They made $25 billion in a single quarter, 
is pretty impressive. They talked a lot about, or a little bit, about the Model Y and how it's become a very popular vehicle. In 2023, their goal is to have 1.8 million deliveries. However, that number may decrease a little bit because in Q3, they're going to do a factory shutdown so that they can do some upgrades. All right. Now that you're all caught up, let's go ahead and jump into the remainder of Elon's opening remarks. In the long term, uh, autonomy, we think, is going to just drive volume through the ceiling next level. Um, and uh, and our sort of future robotaxi uh, products, um, the dedicated robotaxi products, uh, we think have like quasi infinite demand. Um, so, uh, and uh, we're, we're, the way the way we're going to manufacture um, the robotaxi is is also itself a revolution. And so it's revolutionary design made in a revolutionary way. It'll be by, by far the highest uh, units per hour of, of any vehicle production ever. Um, so we're very excited about that. Um, with respect to autopilot and dojo, in order to build autonomy, we also need to train our neural net with uh, data from uh, millions of vehicles. Uh, with the more, I mean, th- this has been proven over and over again, the more training data you have, the better the results. Um, and um, I mean, there are times where we see basically uh, in a neural net, uh, basically it, it, it's sort of at a million training examples, it barely works. At two million, it's it slightly works. At three million, it's like wow, okay, we're seeing something. But then you get to like ten million training examples, it's it's like it becomes incredible. Um, so uh, you just there's just there's just no substitute for a massive amount of data. Uh, and obviously Tesla has more vehicles on the road um, that, that are collecting this data than all of the companies combined by, I think, maybe even an order of magnitude. So we, I think we might we might have 90% of all, or a very big number. Um, so, uh, you know, the success in AI endeavors is a function of talent, uh, uh you, uh, sort of unique data and uh, computing resources, um, and and we um, have outstanding capabilities in all, all three arenas. Um, and I really just don't know how anyone, anyone could, could do what we're doing, even if they had our software and had our computer, if they did not have the the, the training data. So, um, speaking of which, our our do- a training computer is designed to significantly reduce the cost of neural net training. Um, it, it is designed to it, it's 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 somewhat optimized for the kind of training that we need, which is a video training. Um, so, uh, you know, we, we just see that the, the need for neural net training again, talking about being a quasi infinite things uh, is is just enormous. Um, so, uh, I think having having we we, we we expect to use both NVIDIA and Dojo, to be clear. Um, uh, but there's, there's, um, we, we just see a demand for really uh, vast training resources. Um, and uh, we, we think we may reach in-house neural net, neural net training a capability of uh, 100 exaflops by the end of next year. So um, to, to date, uh, over 300 million miles have been driven using FSD beta, 
uh, that 300 million mile number is going to seem very small very quickly. We will, we're very, uh, it'll, it'll soon be billions of miles, then tens of billions of miles. Um, and um, FSD will, will go from being better, from being as good as a human to then being vastly better than a human. We, we see a clear path to uh, full self-driving being uh, 10 times uh, safer than the average human driver. All right, two things before we jump into this clip. First, you know how there's always like some uh, some phrase that we're here, whether that's uh, order of magnitude or uh, laser focus. This episode is quasi infinite. He says that a lot. Um, I don't think it means anything when he says it. I know it means something. But when he says it, I I think think it's like him being like later if they want to sue him, sue him he's like, well, I said quasi infinite. Uh, if he wants, if they want to use his words against him in a lawsuit. Anyway, the second thing is, is have you ever had a friend that is positive that the way that they do things is the best way, and there's no other way to do it. And if somebody else thinks of a different way to do that same task. That person that thought of the different way is wrong. I think Elon's that guy. Like, I completely agree with him that more training data will yield better results. However, there may be a company out there who's working on this that approaches it, approaches it in a much different manner, and they don't maybe need as much training data. Or maybe they're able to use like Grand Theft Auto to get training data. I don't know. The whole point is, is that I'm sure Tesla engineers are very smart. I'm sure Elon is very smart. It's just, this is the way that works best for Tesla. It may not be the way that works best for another company. That's all I'm trying to get at there. All right, let's talk about RoboTaxi. He mentioned RoboTaxi. Um, he said it's going to be manufactured differently. I didn't talk about it on this show, but there was some news stories about leaked photos of Tesla's people mover, which is basically this um, kind of uh, upside down bread pan shaped uh, car that will move people from place to place. I mean, there's been mock-ups of this thing for quite a while now. I wonder if this is what Elon is saying in terms of robotaxi, like dedicated to Tesla robotaxi. I wonder if this is what he's talking about. Also, he didn't put a timeline on this, which is uh, not surprising, but you would imagine that they can't have this robotaxi uh, or people mover or whatever you want to call it. They can't have that until they actually have full self-driving solved which they don't have that yet so you know not a surprise no there's there's no timeline uh he mentioned autopilot and dojo we talked about training data already so we'll just go ahead and move past that i did find it interesting that they are going to continue using their nvidia systems and dojo together because they don't have enough computing power i wonder at some point if they could build enough of these dojo units if that will change or if maybe they'll just um, use the nvidia systems for something else because they already paid for them you might as well maybe it's just like a lesser task and the dojo stuff is 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 meant for the the heavy lifting but they do need vast amounts of computing it's insane 300 million miles of uh, have been driven via FSD beta, which is great. 
he did mention some things on FSD being safer than a human driver. That's nothing new. He's been saying pretty much the same thing since 2016. And actually, I am quite, I am very surprised that he didn't bring up the elevator operator um, example where when elevators were first, if you haven't listened to the show before, elevators, when elevators were first um, uh, introduced, they had an elevator operator so that people wouldn't cut off limbs and get squished between floors in the elevator and all that stuff. Next, Elon is going to jump into a small Cybertruck update. We're going to get some highlights of Tesla's Q2 quarter, and then we're going to hear about Tesla licensing FSD. So let's go ahead and listen to that. We continue to build uh, release candidates of the Cybertruck um, on our final production line in Austin. I'm, I'm actually here in Austin at the Gigafactory. Um, this is the first truck that we're aware of that will have four doors was over a six foot bed and will fit into a 20 foot garage. So it's, it's a, it's sort of biggest on the outside, but it's even bigger on the inside. So it's a, I think that's a, one of the, one of the elements of good design is it should feel bigger on the inside than it looks on the outside. Um, and, and this is, this is no small car, but we, 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 we really cared about the exterior dimensions of the Cybertruck down to the last millimeter. Um, so it's just we're trying to get right in the middle of the Goldilocks zone, not too big, not too small, um, and and then really maximize the the utility of the volume. And uh, we can't uh, wait to start uh, delivering it later this year. Some uh, some other highlights: our global supercharging network uh, now stands at over fifty thousand, roughly roughly fifty thousand connectors, and over five thousand locations. Um, as I think a lot of people are aware. Um, uh, the Tesla starting cha- the, the Tesla charging standard, uh, which we made open source, and is now called the North American Charging Standard. Um, we're we're deeply honored that uh, Ford, GM, Mercedes, uh, and many other OEMs uh, ha- have signed up to uh, use our connector uh, and gain access to our charging network. Um, uh, you know, we, we we strongly believe in helping. Um, uh, other other car companies to uh, accelerate the EV revolution and um, just trying to do the right thing in general. So that's our goal there. Um, um, then um, something I think I, I, I want to emphasize uh, like very very strongly. This is a very important point. Um, is that um, Tesla uh, just as with the the North American charging standard, although we're not licensing, in that case, not licensing, we're just making it available. <laughs> but but we are um, very open to licensing our full self-driving software and hardware to other car companies. Um, and we are already in discussions with, uh, early, dis- early discussions with uh, a major OEM uh, about using the Tesla FSD. Um, so uh, we're, we're not trying to keep this to ourselves. We're more than happy to, to license it to others. Uh, and lastly, our new lithium refinery and cathode facility are progressing well. Um, uh, then in conclusion, uh, we continue to focus on making as many cars as we can uh, while maintaining healthy financials. Our artificial intelligence development is obviously entering a new era. Uh, and um, We're incredibly excited about what's to come. Our other businesses, such as Megapack, Supercharging, Service, and whatnot all started to become a, a meaningful contributor to overall profitability. 
uh, this quarter. Um, and uh, then lastly, I'd just like to uh, profusely thank all of our, our employees for making a lot of extra effort during uncertain times. Uh, thank you very much for your hard work and the impact you're making. All right. Not a very satisfactory uh, Cybertruck update. Uh, some interesting things with the uh, 50,000 connectors with the superchargers now at over 5,000, uh, I guess, stations, supercharger stations, supercharger locations. Uh, he did mention briefly the North America charging standard. Tesla is not getting any money from that license wise. They're just opened it up. I think that's interesting. Elon did say that in the past, but I thought that when he was talking about that, he was mentioned, he was saying that they weren't making any money on the hardware. I assumed that there was another licensing agreement on top of that and they're just giving them the hardware for cost because that's what he said. As far as licensing FSD to other OEMs, uh, first of all, they're definitely going to charge for that. But I wonder if Tesla will make the OEM charge the same amount that Tesla charges for FSD. So I have two questions for you before we move on. The first one is which OEM is going to announce their partnership with Tesla on FSD? And the second one is, do you think that Tesla will make the OEMs charge the same amount of money for full self-driving as Tesla charges? That's a really clumsy way of asking a question. Let's move on to Zach Kirkhorn, who's the CFO of Tesla. Uh, his opening remarks, I didn't actually clip his opening remarks. I'm just going to give you some of the highlights here. And there's only really four. Uh Tesla's navigating economic uncertainty. There's another buzzword right there, uh, words, buzz phrase, navigating economic uncertainty. We're going to hear a lot of that. Uh, let's see here. Even though Tesla reduced the price of their vehicles, they only saw a modest reduction in gross margin. margin. And these vehicles are selling like hotcakes. So that uh, that's good news for the company and again 25 billion dollars ain't too shabby uh tesla energy is going well we're going to hear a little update about that in a moment and i have a theory before we, before we get to our clip i have a theory if the ceo and cfo keep it their opening remarks short then things are going well for the company if they talk for 30 35 minutes between the two of them then it's it's not going so well for the company. And the reason why I have this theory is because that limits time for the question and answer portion. Because these things are all about an hour long. Tesla's was a little maybe a little bit over an hour. So if they could if they could take up as much time as humanly possible with the opening remarks of the CEO and CFO, and then they can use like the retail investor questions from say.com and they can cherry pick the ones they want to talk about uh, uh, during that section, that only leaves a very small amount of time for the analysts to talk. I wonder if you notice this too. If if you do let me know, Bodie at 918digital.com is my email address. Because in this uh, in this particular earnings call, the opening remarks were right around 20 minutes. They're actually maybe a little less than that. Then we had about 25 minutes for retail investors. And then we had about 20 minutes for analyst questions, which I thought was really well-balanced. Although one analyst took about seven minutes of that 
that time that analysts had for questions. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, let's get a 4680 battery update. What is the status of 4680 cells? Uh, how far are uh, you from the specs you laid out on battery day? When do you expect to achieve what you laid out on battery day? <clears throat> yeah, first I'll just start with a little bit of a production update. So in Texas, 4680 cell production increased uh, 80% Q2 over Q1, and the team surpassed 10 million production cells produced uh, here in Texas. So congrats to the team for that. Their focus on yield reduced our scrap bill by 40% quarter over quarter, and that re- resulted in a 25% reduction in cell COGS. Um, here in Texas, we're preparing to launch our Cybertruck cell, which is 10% higher energy density than current production. Uh, that was accomplished through process and mechanical design optimization. As we scale cyber cell production through the end of the year and early next, we should be in a com- comfortable place on cost per cell. Um, Against our battery energy density targets, the CyberCell is at our expectations on a like-for-like electrochemistry basis. We're yet to integrate uh, silicon or uh, in-house cathode production, both reviewed on battery day, which do bring significant further energy density and cost improvements, but that is a topic for another day. Um, Lastly, it is important to remember that most of what we focused on at battery day was the Tesla-engineered 4680 production system and the improvements we strove to achieve on equipment, factory density, capital cost and utility cost reduction, all of which we are realizing in our Texas scale up to date. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. All right. Uh, this is such a cool little clip. <laughs> I'll tell you why. Uh, first, 10 million production cells for, at Giga 
Texas. That's fantastic. The Cybertruck cell, which I didn't know they were, uh, I didn't know they were using a different chemistry or maybe even a different way to manufacture that cell. I didn't know it was going to be 10% more energy dense than other cells of like cells. I figured they were just going to use the same cells they used in the Model Y. So that's cool. But the coolest part about this is the fact that they call the Cybertruck cell Cybercell. I can't wait to work that into a normal conversation with just random people. I'm very excited. All right, let's hear about Tesla's Q2 Tesla Energy update. By the way, I cut this up, so you're not going to get the whole clip, but you'll get the important parts. Uh, Megapack continues to show strong demand globally, with Lathrop ramping successfully to meet our contracted projects in 2023. As stated last quarter, Megapack margins are in a reasonable place in line with our target market um, vehicle target margins. The second final assembly line at Lathrop is progressing on schedule, eventually doubling Lathrop capacity ahead of our full factory ramp uh, in 2024. We have several exciting large projects in construction or nearing completion, including the KES project in Hawaii, the Riverina project in Australia, several projects in California, and one here at Gigafactory Texas that I toured today, actually. On the residential side, we have some fun things happening. We recently surpassed a half million power walls installed. Uh, just this week, we were launching Charge on Solar, which allows Tesla Powerwall and vehicle customers to charge their vehicles using their excess solar and drive only on the sunshine that, that hits their roof. Yesterday, we began paying customers in Texas for participating in our virtual power plant to provide grid support to ERCOT. Uh, we expect these credits to lower our median customer's annual bill by a third and to increase these credits over time as ERCOT expands market access. And today, we are expanding Tesla Electric enrollment to new Model 3 owners in Texas, followed by all Texas vehicle customers over the rest of the quarter. Unfortunately, and somewhat similar to Tesla Insurance, bringing Tesla Electric and VPP capabilities to our customers requires working through a fractured regulatory environment on a jurisdiction-by-jurisdiction -jurisdiction basis. In the long run, the value of residential energy, software, and hardware will be driven by the level of market access that utilities, market operators, and regulators permit. Where Powerwall is eligible to provide the full stack of energy services, uh, like peaker, peaker capacity and system buffering, such as in Australia, we can more than double the value of ownership relative to a typical system today. I don't really have anything to add to that, so let's go ahead and move on. Um, this question is asked almost every single time there is an earnings call or a question and answer where Elon is involved, and the the, the the person asking the question wants to know if there will ever be an ability that will allow Tesla owners who currently own FSD to buy a new car and transfer that FSD to um, the new car. And the answer might surprise you. Um, have you considered allowing FSD transferability as a lever to allow existing customers to upgrade to a new Tesla instead of being locked into an existing car due to the, the price of FSD? Uh, yeah, this is a question we get asked a lot. Um, so um, we're excited to announce that uh, for Q3, we will be allowing transfer of FSD. Um, <laughs> this is a one-time amnesty. <laughs> <laughs> so um, uh, it needs to be you need to take advantage of it in Q3, but... Um, or at least place the order in Q3 with, within with, within reasonable delivery timeframes. Um, so, um, yeah, yeah, you, you, yeah. I hope this makes people happy. <laughs> 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 but we don't get to. This is one time thing. Okay. <clears throat> I was not expecting that answer. 
So Q3, which we're in right now, 2023, if you buy a new Tesla you can and you own FSD already, you can transfer that to your new car only for this quarter. And it sounds like that you have to make your your purchase sooner rather than later. Like if it's at the end of September, it sounds like maybe you won't get in, but maybe you will. I don't know. I think this is cool. I am, I'm glad Tesla is offering this. I think they need to, well, I think they need, oh, I think they need to lower the price of FSD and I'll rant about that later. But I think they do need to be a little bit more understanding. Like Tesla has not fulfilled that promise of, you know, full self-driving. So if you have hardware two or hardware 2.5, this is a great time to buy a new car if you can afford it and if you want one because you'll get that upgrade for free you know if you if you paid for FSD in the beginning so i would imagine that as tesla gets closer to you know like they're trying to meet a sales goal so they're trying to get more people to buy their cars so they offer like 500 miles of free supercharging i wouldn't be surprised if they threw this up as a, as an incentive to buy a new car you know, towards the end of the quarter. So uh, this is a good sign that they're at least open to this. And I don't think it's a one-time thing. All right, let's go ahead and get another Cybertruck update. This one will be slightly more informative, but you still won't be satisfied with the answer. When will you, uh, when will we uh, give more information about the Cybertruck orders, estimated delivery schedules, pricing, and specifications? Um. The demand is, is, so, is so far off the hook, you can't even see the hook. Um, so that's really not an issue. Uh, I do want to emphasize that the Cybertruck uh, has a lot of new technology in it, like a lot. Um, it doesn't look like <laughs> it doesn't look like you know any other vehicle because it is not like any other vehicle. Uh, so um, at the, and the production ramp will move as fast as the slowest and least lucky element of the of the entire supply chain and uh an internal production so um you know i, I, I wouldn't expect you know it, it, i i hope it's smooth you know we're certainly better at production ramps than, than we, we, we you know we've, we've got a lot of experience with production ramps but you know it, a first order to first order approximation is there's like ten thousand unique parts and processes in um in a you know in the cyber truck and if any one of the, it'll go as fast as the least lucky you know least well executed element of the 10,000 so um always very difficult to predict the the ramp initially but um i think we'll, we'll be making them in high volume uh, next year um and we will be uh, delivering the, the the car this year all right we get it it's a slow ramp there's a lot of new technology in the car you know what people want they want prices and they want specs that's what they want uh it is infuriating that they are not providing prices and specs and they are roughly two months away from handing over the first cyber trucks if they're on time. I mean, on time being a relative term for Tesla, but you know what I mean. All right, let's go ahead and jump into our next clip. Critics of gigacasting uh, contended that process makes vehicles harder and more costly to repair, essentially pushing costs onto the customer. You share some details about the initial repair experience with Gigacast vehicles. That, that must be why everyone's copying us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, thanks, Elon. This is Lars. Um, 
And Martin, that, that's like simply not true. There's a misconception that traditional bodies are easy to repair, but they are made of multiple materials and multiple joining methods. Spot wells and rivets have to be drilled out. Panels and structural adhesive have to be chiseled out. Dried adhesive has to be removed. Stamping's yeah. cut, blah, blah, blah. It's a crazy patchwork quilt. Yeah. And so putting that back together means time and money. Um, using an example of replacing a rear cast rail on a Model Y, um, to do that versus like what we replaced it with from the Model 3, it's 10, 10 times uh, cheaper and three times faster to do it with the cast rail. My design team works with our collision repair team since we're closed loop on this um, with insurance, and we design specific parts that are make it easier and faster to repair. And we have an incentive to do that because we have our own insurance and our own body shops. Um, we expect that we'll continue to do this, and collision repair will continue to become cheaper and faster over time. And we already make this available to all body shops through our Tesoro approved uh, body shop training. Yeah, closing the loop on collision repair and uh, factoring that into design is, is a big deal. Crucial. Um, I don't think anyone else can do it with that ecosystem that we have. So. Yeah, and, and we are actually able to change the details of the casting with inserts. Um, and, and we actually do, do that all the time. Um, so because the, the inserts actually wear out and uh, need to be replaced uh, anyway. So we can actually make design changes to the inserts and tweak the castings to... Um, but the, the, the cast, you know, basically cast the rear, rear body or front body uh, is lighter, cheaper, uh, better uh, noise vibration, harshness, much easier to manufacture. And it's better, it's better in every way. Um, and that's why so many other car companies are copying us. It's Probably. They don't know they're, well, they certainly put out a lot of press mm-hmm. releases about mm-hmm. it. Um, I, I think it's basically going to be how all cars are made in the future. I am going to take Drew's word on this because I know nothing about mechanical engineering or cars or anything like that. So I'll take his word for it. I do want to say, though, do they not have an office that isn't near a road in a parking lot? So far, I've heard cars honking. I've heard road noise. I've heard sirens throughout this earnings call, do they not have a place of solitude and quiet that they can go to that isn't loud and obnoxious? Um, also, you know, can they please upgrade their their audio? That'd be nice too. Next question has to do with uh, Optimus Bots. And I'll be honest, the first part of the answer, I skipped past because it wasn't interesting. We'd heard it all before. But the next part of his answer where I thought it was interesting was uh, Elon was talking about amputees and how Optimus bots could help amputees. So let's listen to that. Uh, I should say another cool thing about Optimus is that, you know, there's just in the U.S. alone, there are two million amputees. Um, and um, I was just talking to the Neuralink team and um, by combining a Neuralink uh implant uh, and a robotic arm or leg uh, for someone that has has had their arms arm or leg or, or all arms and legs amputated uh, we, we believe we can give um basically a cyborg body that is uh, incredibly capable um six million dollar man are in, in real life but don't want to cost six million dollars <laughs> Sixty thousand dollar man. <laughs> it sounds impressive, but it's it'll actually you know. It, it, so so that, that that actually could be a really, I think, would be incredible to you know potentially help millions of people around the world, um, and uh, and and give them you know a, a robot armor like that is 
as good, maybe long term better than a biological one. I think that's amazing. That that would be amazing and change a lot of people's lives. That's fantastic. Let's move on to our analyst question, and this is the <laughs> this is the question that gets me really angry. So let's go ahead and listen to it. It's all about FSD and lowering the price of full self-driving, which is where it gets me angry. First, following up on, on the autonomy. So, you know, before you start launching these dedicated robo-taxi vehicles on, on existing vehicles, you're improving FSD, you know, incrementally. Um, what is your latest targeted timing to uh, essentially release a non-beta version or an eyes-off version that would trigger much higher take rate? And would Tesla benefit from lowering the price of FSD? Um, well, obviously, I, I, you know, I'm, you know, I've, my, as people have sort of made fun of me, and perhaps, uh, you know, quite fairly have made fun of me, my predictions about achieving uh, full self-driving um, have, have been optimistic in the past. Um, at, 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 the, the reason they've been optimistic is what it tends to look like is the um, we'll, we'll make rapid progress with a new version of, of FSD, uh, but but then um, the, it will curve over logarithmically. So so at first, like log, logarithmic curve looks like you know just sort of fairly straight upward line diagonally up, uh, and so if you extrapolate that, it, it, then you you have a great thing. But then because it's actually logarithmic, it curves over, and then there've been a series of logar- stacked logarithmic curves. Um, now, <laughs> um, I know I'm the, the 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 boy who cried FSD, um, but I, I man, I I think I think we'll be better than human by the end of this year. Um, that's not to say we're approved by regulators, um, and and I'm saying that and that would. Being in the U.S. because uh, you know, we've got to focus on one market first, but I, I think we'll be better than human by the end of this year. I've been wrong in the past; I may be wrong this time. Um, and the, the the price of FSD. So the, the weird thing is, the price of FSD is actually very low. But, uh, it's not high. Um, when you go back to what I was saying earlier, the, the, the value of the car increases dramatically uh, if it is actually autonomous. Um, you know, fifteen thousand dollars is is actually a, a low price, not a high price. Um, and um, now we will offer, and you know, and we have, I think we do sort of offer FSD as a sort of monthly subscription, although like most people don't know that. Um, so I'd recommend like maybe trying it out as a monthly subscription, so you don't have to go with the fifteen thousand dollar thing. But I think, yeah, yeah, the the. Obviously, if the car is worth several times its original price, $15,000 is actually a low price for FSD. $15,000 is not a low price for FSD. $15,000 is still a lot of money. Elon's a billionaire. $15,000 is a lot of money. I make a good living as a firefighter. My wife makes a good living at her job. $15,000 is a lot of money. For $15,000, I went on autotrader.com. And for $15,000, you can get a 2015 Subaru Outback, all-wheel drive, 
84,000 miles on this car, just under $16,000 total. But if you did a little bit of a negotiating, you could probably get it under 15 for sure. So that's a whole high need car. I was going to say the ASS word. That's a whole behind car. That that's that that's a ridiculous that's ridiculous. Fifteen thousand dollars is a lot of money, and to say that it's not a lot of money for FSD is uh, uh, quite frankly distasteful. Because if FSD worked, and all of the things that Elon said that FSD would do by um, increasing the value of the car, and you could put it on the robo taxi network, and all these things that you could that you could do potentially with FSD. Okay, maybe we can argue that FSD is worth $15,000, but as it is now, it doesn't. So why are you pricing it now at a price where it doesn't, uh, we're not there yet in the hopes that you will be there? Because the hardware three people are probably not going to see full level five autonomy. It's just not going to happen. Ah. <sighs> And you know what? I'm going to go on here. I'm going to continue. Do you know what almost everyone who buys a car knows how to do? Like one common skill that all of these people have when you buy a car is you have the ability to drive. Now, you can argue that somebody is a better driver than other people. Okay, we can argue that. But they all know how to drive if they're buying a car. Well, let's say a high percentage of them know how to drive if they're buying a car. Uh, $15,000 isn't like a $3,000 undercoating add-on that you get at the dealer because you figured, well, I'm already paying $50,000 for this vehicle. I might as well pay $3,000 more when you're sitting in the dealer office. It's a lot of money. And, you know, there's an argument to be made if you're buying a Model S or Model X Plaid, $15,000 isn't that much more to add on to it. But if you're buying a $40,000 Model 3 standard range, $15,000 is a significant portion of that purchase price. And yes, I fully recognize that there is a potential, I think it's small, for the value of the vehicle to increase after autonomy happens, after Tesla is able to achieve level five full self-driving. However, Tesla's own history has shown that this is not the case. People have purchased FSD for $2,500, $5,000, $7,500. I think $10,000 was a number, or maybe it was $12,000 and $15,000. They still don't have FSD. If they trade their car in, they're going to get a very small amount for that feature between two and $3,000. It's uh, it makes me angry when Elon says this. He should not be saying these kinds of things to encourage people to buy a product that's in beta, not because I think it's unsafe and people are going to die, but because it's so much money and people may never realize uh, that feature. Like it may never happen. And you've basically bilked these people for $15,000 over a promise that you, to this date, you have not fulfilled. And I'm tired of hearing Elon say, well, I think we could be here in about a year or in three more months we'll be here because it's not, he's not. And you that's the other thing is the more you say it, the less it happens. Stop saying it. You're not going to get there when you want to. Let us be pleasantly surprised when you do get there. Stop making promises. Stop saying things. Stop hedging your bets. Stop making a promise and then hedge your bets. Ah, ah, makes me very frustrated. 
So let's go ahead and move on. Also, no, I'm not going to move on. Also, subscription may be the better path if you want FSD, in my opinion. All right, I'm going to stop ranting. Stop ranting. Let's move on to our next clip, which is about, and it's our final clip, by the way. Uh, Elon's going to tell us a little bit about X.ai, which is his new AI company. Elon, you've started this X.ai company. And, you know, for investors that think that there might be quite a bit of value in the AI uh, features and products of Tesla, it might be concerning to see you, you know, pursuing another endeavor where AI is the focus. So can you talk about how X.ai might overlap, might um, um, perhaps compete with Tesla, or in other ways, perhaps it it uh, enhances the value of, of what Tesla does. Thanks very much. Yeah, I, I think it will actually enhance the, the value of Tesla. Um, there, there really were just uh, some, um, some of the world's best AI engineers and scientists that were willing to join a startup, uh, but they were not willing to join a, a large Sort of relatively established company like like Tesla, so I was like, that, that's actually how it got started. I was interviewing a few people, and they're like, "No, we, we want to do a startup." I was like, "And that's all." And I I, I, couldn't, I couldn't convince them to join uh, Tesla, so so I was like, "Okay, well, you know, better it's a startup that um, that I run than 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 they go work somewhere else." Um, that's kind of the the genesis of, of XAI. Um, and XAI is is focused on eight sort of AGI, uh, yeah. Um, so it's, uh, but I th- I'd like to say I think there will be some uh, value that XAI brings to Tesla. Um, you know, also for some of the best, for the very best people in the world, they they really just want to work on interesting interesting problems. So if you take say, you know, um, our material science group, you know, r- really what convinced uh, Charlie Kuhlman to leave Apple, where he was very happy and well compensated um, um, and both at and both, you know, what we think is the best material science group in the world um, was that he got to work at both Tesla and SpaceX. He he wasn't willing to leave Apple if it was just Tesla, but he was willing to do it if it was Tesla and SpaceX. So sometimes you get the best talent in the world. That's the kind of thing, you know, you, you need to do. And that actually has been very beneficial to Tesla. All right. I do not have a prepared rant for that statement. Uh, Elon mentioned AGI. If you don't know, that's advanced general intelligence. It's basically, um, it would basically have similar capabilities to an animal or a human based on what you were trying to do. Um, not a very good explanation but i'm also afraid that if i give you too much more of an explanation you would realize that i'm an idiot so i'm going to move on from that elon has shown that he has no problem sharing resources between companies so i completely i can completely foresee that these ai scientists will be working on things for spacex and Neuralink and tesla and then a bunch of other things that uh, these folks want to work on like Part of the reason I think they want to go to a startup is one is they have more of a chance of working on something that they would like to work on, something that interests them. Maybe they have something already that they've been working on and they want to continue that research, right? 
And then there's the, there's the other part of it, which is early stock grants. And if XAI ends up being worth something, you know, then they all get paid. Uh, also, I'm not totally convinced that trying to get these scientists was the only reason that Tesla or Elon started X.AI. He did get uh, kicked out of OpenAI, <laughs> so or asked to leave, or something was done. He's not there anymore, and he's one of the founders of the company or the organization. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that he would like to do things his way. And there's a whole big story on that that I won't get into. All right, everybody, that is it for me this week. If you want to email me, it's Bodie, B-O-D-I-E at 918digital.com. You can also find me on Twitter at 918digital. I am on threads, and I think that's at 918 underscore digital, I think. Anyway, this was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed doing it. It is now 10 o'clock, so I am going to go to bed. But thank you all so much for, in you know, indulging my randomness and I will talk to you tomorrow. I think we're getting too much into the weeds here. I mean, let's, let's move on. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.